Philippians chapter 4. It's been great to be in this book and to studying it and working our way through it. But today we get to wrap it up and probably one of my, you can have a favorite chapter in the Bible. Um, this is one of my favorites and really it has my life verse in it, like verses, two verses. Um, and so it's just, um, just an awesome chapter to end on with the book of Philippians. And I titled this, Meditate on These Things, as we, the overall theme being pressing towards the goal, um, this chapter being meditate on these things, all these things that we can use to press towards the goal, to press towards Christ, to press towards that day that we will be in glory with God forever and ever. And so he starts off Philippians chapter 4 with, the word therefore. So if we have a therefore, there's a before for. Um, and so it's, he's kind of saying that he's going to wrap things up. He's, we've talked about unity. We've talked about pressing towards go, our citizenship in heaven. Um, talked about Timothy and Aphroditus and um, being humble before the Lord. Christ is exalted. Unity and humility, um, the suffering of Christ, that Christ was preached. I mean, he, Paul just cared that Christ was preached. He didn't care that um, there was people who were adverse to him, but they were preaching Christ. And that we're going to go over this again, thankfulness and prayer today. And that to live as Christ, to die, to live as Christ is was one of the major themes there too that um, that even if we die we're going to be in Christ and so chapter 4 in Philippians verse 1 says therefore my beloved and long for brethren my joy and crown so stand fast in the Lord beloved Paul has stated this before in earlier chapters that he longed to be with the Philippians. He longed to go and be with them. But here he is in chains in Rome. And he doesn't know for sure if that is the end for him. Um, but he has that hope of being able to be free and to go and be with the Philippians. My long for brethren, my joy and crown. And he emphasizes, so stand fast in the Lord. Paul is always pointing us to the Lord. He's always doing that. And that should be our goal too, is that personally we should be striving and pressing on towards Christ always, but also encouraging each other, encouraging those outside of the faith to come to the Lord that in us, in the faith, we can take these words too, to stand fast in the Lord. And he calls them beloved. And so that's just kind of a an intro to how he's going to wrap up things here in chapter 4. And in verse 2, 
through 4, he talks about unity once again in a specific instance and the book of life. So verse 2, he says, I implore Eudia and I implore Sintink. I probably got those wrong, but... Uh, to be of the same mind in the Lord. And so these two ladies are believers and they're having some dispute. We don't know this, this dispute. We don't know um, what is going on exactly, but he is imploring them, which is a strong word. He's strongly asking them to be of the same mind. we need to remember that in our interactions with the other, each other that as believers we, we should have that same mind we should have that upward call of Christ and that we keep the main things the main things and that's Christ and we should have Christ in all our relationships at the center of them and if that is so then we would be striving for unity in that When we put ourselves in the picture, that unity can be fractured. But if we keep Christ in the middle, then that unity should be the goal of each party involved in that relationship. So he urges them to be of this same mind. And I urge you also, true companion, Help these women who labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. And so, he mentions these the two women, the Udia and Sintink, that... that for the Philippian leaders to help them, that they could, um, you know, work this um, issue out, whatever the disunity is happening, that they would be of the same mind. And also mentioning Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the Book of Life. And so Ephesians 4, one through six talks about unity. And it says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and all, and in you all. And so this call to unity in Christ. I love verse 2, with all lowliness, so humbleness, gentleness, long-suffering, lots of patience, bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So that unity that we should all be striving for in our relationships. 
And then again, as I stated, he called for that unity in Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 4 also. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. And I read the wrong, that was chapter 30. I read the wrong one. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't unity. Good stuff. <laughs> but we went over that last week. All right, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if any consolation is in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out for for not only your own interests, but also the interests of others. So he implores him with those words there in the beginning of chapter 2, and then has a spe specific example here of these ladies that he's asking for them to be of the same mind, to be of the mind of Christ. And so we have this mentioned of the book of life. In, um, chap in verse 3, chapter 4, it says, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And there's a bunch of references to the book of life, especially in Revelation. And in Revelation 3, 5, it says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. And then you go to Revelation 20, 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books. And then 15. And anyone not found a, a somber reminder about the book of life, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. 21, 27 says, But there shall be by no means there shall but there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life, talking about the New Jerusalem. That only those who are in the Lamb's book of life will be entering the New Jerusalem. And then twenty two nineteen tells us and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. And the question for all of humanity of all time is, is your name written in the book of life? 
And we know that that is only through Jesus Christ, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you will be, for certain, be in that book, the book of life. Moving on to verse 4 through 9. And this is about prayer and thanksgiving. And this section in verses 6 and 7 are what I like to call my life verses. And so we have in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we have this, these promises here. And I'll get to eight and nine in a minute. But I wanted to start with these. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. He's saying, you know, joy over and over. Rejoice over and over. Always in the Lord. You know, that joy of the Lord is conditioned on our relationship with God and not on our circumstances. We could be going through so much in this life yet we can still have the joy of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So that's independent of our circumstances because it says always. Again, I will say rejoice that whatever we are going through in this life, and I know each of us are going through something, we can still have that joy in the Lord. We can still be in the Lord always and go to him, cling to him, rejoice in him, for he is truly the Lord, and he truly loves us and cares for us and just wants to walk this life each step, each day with us. And he implores us that our gen in verse 5, that our gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. No, we should stand out. We should, there should be something about us. And that something about us should be Christ. That as we walk this life and we're interacting with others, that we, that there's something about us. That the aroma of Christ should be evident in us. That we would go before that the Lord would go before us and behind us and around us and people would know there's something different because we have a gentleness, we have a confidence in the Lord. And it's not, you know, gentleness might, some people might think weak, that, that that's a weakness, but you can be strong and be gentle. You can... Stand strong in the Lord and on all his principles and yet still have gentleness about you. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Our strength is in the Lord and we can rely on him 
in all things. And then he tells us, basically, as the scripture says, cast their cares upon him. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for work, for relationships, for health, for... No, be anxious for nothing. What a concept that is, that we can be free. <laughs> that we can be free in the Lord. Yet yeah, in our flesh, and our humanness, things come up and we get overwhelmed, we get worried, we, get, we have concerns. Yet, we can give it over to the Lord. That as we practice that, as we do it more and more in our life, it becomes more and more easier, it becomes more natural. Just like anything that you would practice and be better at, the Lord works in you from the inside out, and we can be anxious for nothing. We can give it over to the Lord, but in everything, in everything, I mean, these words are, are not, they're not leaving anything out. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So why are these two verses my life verses? Well, things, things happen in life. <laughs> and... Um, 2009, and even before this, I really clung to these, but 2009, uh, I had a heart uh, incident out here on the grounds, actually. Well, didn't know it at the time, but went home, and uh, Melissa later had on my shoulder and said, why is your heart beating so fast? And uh, ended up being like 200. Um, my my pulse was like 200. She could um, barely count it. And um, so 911, like 12 days in hospital, two different hospitals. Anyways, I had tachycardia, ventricular tachycardia at that time. But the ambulance ride there, I remember just repeating this, these verses over and over and over. And I wonder what those uh, paramedics thought. <laughs> Because I just kept saying them over and over. Because I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. <laughs> that could have been the end. I don't know. And I was just trying to give it over to God. I mean, that was just one example. I mean, it talks about having that peace of God. And God get, did eventually give me that peace. And it surpasses all understanding. God can give you this peace when it doesn't make sense, when, it, when you shouldn't have peace because of your situation, whatever going on, it doesn't make sense, but God can give you that peace in the midst of those storms because it surpasses all understanding and it guards your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You know, with Melissa in December of 2019 with her aneurysm being woken up and finding her in the bathroom and you know going through 
that situation, you know, these, these words, you know, echoed once again, that he'll guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. It could be physical, it could be spiritual, it could be emotional, but whatever you are going through, whatever is your circumstances in life, we can give it over to the Lord. In First Peter 5, sorry, 5, it talks about giving it all to Christ, casting our cares. Philippians 1, 5, 5 through 11. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. I love that positional reference here, is that as we lower ourselves, as we humble ourselves, I think of John the Baptist who said, you know, that, that I must be less and Christ must increase. He must be greater. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time that we humble ourselves, positionally lower ourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt us. He will lift us up. In verse 7, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you, have suffered a while, perfect, established strength, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. We're going to go through life. We're going to go through circumstances of life that are going to be worrisome. But the Lord, through Peter and through Paul, tells us that we can give it over to Christ. We can cast our care upon him for he cares for us. We can give it all over to him. Why? Because we know there is an adversary who wants us to not do that, to not give it over to Christ. He wants us to diminish that relationship between us and Christ. He wants to disqualify us. He wants to get us out of the game. But we can give it over to Christ, and we can stay in the game. Because the Lord cares for us. We don't have to be anxious, but we can give everything over by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And that promise, that peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
And then we have verses 8 and 9, where I drew the title of this message from, Meditate on These Things. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good rapport, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, these things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So we talked about this, how Paul implores us several times to imitate him as he imitates Christ. And he kind of refreshes that here when he says, you know, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. I mean, Paul, with that bold statement, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. We talked about how we should be that model for others also, that we should be modeling Christ in our life, walk in our faith, practice in our faith, so that others can model it through us. Talking about, you know, we're not perfect, but let's go for God. Let's go, go for Christ and allow others to see that in our life. Verse 8 was our, ver our team verse for uh, the team I coached this uh, past winter with Josiah. Um, that, that was our team verse for basketball this year. And I took the word noble through this and just went through, you know, with these young men, these junior hires, just, you know, what does it mean to be noble in Christ? What does it mean to be a man that's noble? And it was just a great time of just going through things I'm with them throughout the season and just emphasizing that, that as we talked about last week, that even in your youth, you can follow Christ and you can be a great example. You can do great things for the Lord. That we should be noble. Whatever th these things are the things that we should be meditating on. on. Noble, things that are just, pure, lovely, of good rapport. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And, you know, Paul says, I've taught you these things in verse 9. These things which you have learned and received and heard from me, saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. So God, our Paul taught them about God. You know, he's noble, he's just, he's pure, he's lovely, he's of good rapport. The gospel means the good news, right? The good news of Jesus Christ. These are the things that we should have our mind on. We should be in our Bibles. We should be in prayer and supplication, giving, casting our cares upon the Lord, thinking about all the things that are good, you know, there's so much negative in this world. There's so much negative pounding on us, being thrown at us. But, but God, but God, we have God's word. We have God, the living God, Jesus Christ, in us as we are believers in him. The Holy Spirit working in and through us. 
may we focus on the good things, the godly things. May our lives be about the Lord always. And we should have fruit of that. In Galatians chapter 5, tells us about the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against there is no such law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. But we should have that fruit of the Spirit in us, that we are have that love, that joy, that peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now these are the things that we should incorporate in our lives because they are of God. They are the fruit of the Spirit. And then coming to, towards the end, verses 10 through 20, this really talks about generosity and supplying our needs. Verse 10 tells us, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. So he's telling the Philippians, he's, he's thanking them for their generosity and what they supplied for him. And that he acknowledged that they wanted to do this previously, but they had lacked the opportunity, and now he has, they had that opportunity. Verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to be ab to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So a pretty famous verse there. It's often repeated. Uh, there's a basketball player, Stephen Curry, who has it on his shoes. Um, I just wish he would practice it more in games. <laughs> Um, but Paul is talking here that whether he has little or he's had a lot, he's learned to be content. That he uh, he's learned to be content in Christ. That it's Christ first. That no matter again, no matter what that circumstances is. It's all about Christ. Whether we have a lot in this world or we have little, our focus should be on Christ. We should hold loosely to the things of this world and look to the things above. He knows how to be abased and how to abound. But everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to be to abound and to suffer need. But yet, that that verse 13, I can do all things who, through Christ who strengthens me. 
Matthew 6.33 tells us, Six thirty-three and thirty-four. But seek the fir- but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, you know, seek God's righteousness, and all things shall be added to you. Don't worry about tomorrow because today has its own trouble. Give today over to God. Live for God today. And then Psalm 23, 1, famous psalm. But it talks about that the Lord provides. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I mean, we could go through the whole Psalm 23 familiar but just that one verse the Lord provides I shall not want Hebrews 13 5 and 6 let your conduct be without covetousness be content with such things as you have for he himself has said I will never leave you nor forsake you so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, that's the attitude we should have is give it all to the Lord. Our co- conduct should not be with covetous. We shouldn't want what we don't have. You know, discontent is often wanting something that we don't have instead of being thankful for all that we do have. That does not covet others and other things, but be content with such things that you have because the Lord's with us. He says, I will never leave you, never forsake you. And we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I'm in God's hand. I'm God's child. What can man do to me? And then with Philippians 14:13 John 15:5 tells us I am the vine and you are the branches he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing so two key verses there John 14:13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me John 15, 5, Jesus' words, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. May we do all things in the Lord, and we should do all things for the glory of God as we live this life. Verse 14, it continues, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So he's commending them for their generosity. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. So they were sponsoring him. They were, he was their missionary. 
they were providing for him that he could continue on his mission of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. You know, we should store our treasures up in heaven, right? That as we partake in the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we help others do that same thing, you know, it goes to our account. Not that that's what we should seek, but we should seek the Lord and what is right to do through him. That we seek that his name would be exalted above all names, that the gospel of Jesus Christ will go forth to all nations, to all people, from our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, that that great commission didn't end back in biblical times, but it's for all times, and it's for us too, that we would seek to save the lost, that we would seek the Lord and help others seek the Lord also as the Lord has sought us. He desires not one to perish, but that all would come to eternal life. And may our heart be the same. Indeed, in verse 18, Indeed, I have all in abound. I am full, having received from Aphrodite the things sent from you. So again, we talked about Aphrodite before. He was the messenger. He was the bringer of the gift from Philip, from the Philippians to Paul in Rome and that he desired to go back and to be with them and in the process that he he had a near death experience through it but he was going to be sent back to as we talked about he had that heart of a pastor to go back and be with, and serve his people back in Philippians the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. You know, is, is that our life? Is that our actions, our thoughts, our, our generosity, our all-in-all? Our all? Is, is that what we go for, to have that sweet-smelling aroma, that acceptable sacrifice, that pleasing to God? Are we looking for that in our life? as we live this life. Paul commends the Philippians for having that attitude in their life. In verse 19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So God supplies all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, God's not bankrupt in any manner, financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally. He heals. He provides. He supplies all our need. Romans 8.32 tells us, He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us 
all things. Now he's the Lord. He supplies all our needs. He is our God, our Savior, our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And then to wrap up, in the final farewell, The last couple of verses here in verses 21 through 23 says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So he's just doing a, a general farewell here, greeting and blessing. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. I just, I love that, that we're all saints. If we're in Christ, we're all saints. We're all believers. We're, we're all sanctified in Christ. The brethren who are with me greet you. And that, it's that brotherly love, that brotherly sisterly love that is, is expressed there, that we're family, we're together in this, in and through Christ. All the saints greet you but especially those who are of Caesar's household. Paul had a captive audience. Even though he was captive, he had a captive audience. He was able to preach Christ to the Caesar's household, to the guards, to all who were there. And with this, praise the Lord, some came to Christ. And those who are of Caesar's household, the saints, who are of Caesar's household. You would think, you know, that would be the toughest place at that time to preach the gospel for those to be converted. But nothing's impossible for Christ. We read that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing's impossible for Christ. Even Caesar's household can get saved. And he finishes with, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And so we have the, the conclusion of Philippians, that we are to press on towards the goal. We're to press on to Christ. That the Lord desires us to be fully in Him, to be fully committed to walk this life every day, glorifying His name, Meditating on these things, whatever things are noble, that are just, are pure, are lovely, or of good report, and we can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. We don't have to be anxious for nothing, for in everything by prayer and, th and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. May we remember that the Lord is for us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forgive us. Forget us. He will forgive us. He'll never forget us. Uh, 
let us rejoice and be glad in him. And so as the, let's go to prayer and as the worship team comes, let us just rejoice in the Lord. Lord, we come before you and Lord, we love you. Lord, I love you, Lord. I thank you that your word is true. We can read your word and uh, just be in your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are among us, you are in us, that you come and just teach us. You make the word of God alive. Lord, we thank you that it, your word will never return void. It is useful for teaching, for correction, for all things, Lord. Help us to just rejoice in you each day, each hour, each minute, glorifying your name. Lord, the time grows close, but you are still king. And we wait for that day that you will be back and all the world will know and every knee will bow before you, Lord. Some to their detriment and others to eternal life. But Lord, we pray that you would do a work in and among us, among our families, our friends, those who we meet. Lord, we pray that you would just fill us, fill this place. May it be a light unto this world. May each of us be a light unto this world, that you would shine through us. Lord, we just rejoice in you that we can be called sons and daughters of God. Your love, O oh Lord, is greater than all things. May we bask in your love and trust in you that we don't have to worry because you have us in the palm of your hands. We thank you and praise you this day. May we worship you now with all of our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.